the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. 602 on a Tuesday night here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This is Arthur Idala with Joan Pelzer, Matthew Sambolino, and I have a very, very special show for you tonight, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, everyone, you know, my tagline is making the case for the city he loves, and I do love the city. You know, my dad was born in the Bronx. I lived in Queens. My in-laws are from Staten Island. I spend all the holidays there. I work in Manhattan. But Sambolino, where is my heart? Brooklyn, baby. Brooklyn, uh, and uh, not only is that not only is that where I raised my family, but it's where I started my legal career, and it it was the greatest job anyone could ever have. I always say I used to trip over myself in the morning to uh, get to the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office, and here with me in the studio at six oh three on Tuesday night is Brooklyn District Attorney Eric Gonzalez, Mr. DA. Welcome to the Idala Power Hour. Thank you for having me back. I was going to say I should say welcome back to the Idala Power Hour. I want to just jump right in and uh, talk about, um, obviously, our, my county, your county, where you live and raise your family, as do I, and my parents are there. Uh, the scariest part is guns, guns, guns. So talk to me about the Brooklyn DA's office and what we're talking about regarding guns in, in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, there's too many guns on our streets, and unfortunately, Brooklyn has always had its share of gun-related violence, and whether it's uh, robberies or you know menacing with the guns, and unfortunately uh, shootings and homicides by guns, you know we have to make sure that we're doing everything in our power to continue to reduce that number. The good news for New York City and for my beloved Brooklyn is that we are reducing gun violence. Uh, gun violence was down over 25 percent from 22 to 23. Uh, it was down from 21 to 22, uh, and over the last two years, we've reduced gun violence by about 48%. Uh, so that's a real percentage, a really a number of lives being saved. And, uh, you know, we work each and every day to uh, prosecute people who get caught with guns. We're working to prevent gun uh, use, by, especially by children. Uh, but we're also doing these trafficking cases, uh, looking at these bad actors down south who are shipping guns up to us in New York City. And when you say they're shipping them up, are they just throwing them in the trunk of their car and driving up? Or they're, they're, they're more they're, sophisticated than that? They're driving them up. They're sending them. Um, they're doing all kind of uh, ways of getting these guns up and you know most of these states have no laws on how many guns an individual can buy um, and we find that these guns are 
lending. 75% of the crimes that we see in Brooklyn are uh, when a gun is recovered, it's from a gun used down south, bought down south. 75%, you said? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's a number. Um, and... I want to talk to you real quickly because I have a lot of guests on this show, um, a lot of people who you know, and they talk about bail, 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 and uh, the bail reform of 2019. How has that affected you and your office and your ability to prosecute, and how has it affected crime overall in, in, in Kings County? Yeah, we're making the adjustment. We, you know, My job as DA is to follow the laws that are on the books, and you know we've, uh, we've attempted to, uh, and I've always spoken up about needing more discretion for judges to do their jobs and uh, but the laws are where they're going to be last year uh, Kathy Hochul the governor got some changes into the bail laws I don't expect any further uh, changes so we continue to work with what we have I think for us it's allowed us to be more creative in how we do the work so for example um, trespass cases uh, are not bail eligible but if you commit a trespass and you also commit a pettit larceny, we can charge a burglary. Often those will be bail eligible. Um, and one thing that the legislature really did, and I think it's been really uh, important to public safety, it allows us now to seek bail on recidivists, people who have an open case and then get rearrested. I don't think the public knows that. I just would like you to flesh that out a little bit more. Tell people what that means. People might not know what a recidivist is, etc. Well, just typically if someone commits a crime the first case may not be bail eligible but while that case is pending if they get rearrested for committing another crime we can now go back to the court and ask for bail on the second case is that accurate even if they're both misdemeanors it is as long as we can i don't want to get into the weeds uh there there are exceptions and but generally if it's a case where the person has committed harm to a, a place or business or to another person, uh, ha- what they call harm-on-harm harm analysis, they can be now bail eligible. And so that's fixed sort of the loophole where people can commit crimes over and over and not uh, have any bail set. So, you know, you mentioned businesses. Um, where I live in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, which is 6-8 Precinct, not exactly a bastion of crime, thank God. But I went in the other morning after dropping Arthur off of school to go buy toothpaste, and I got to go find a manager to go unlock a thing to go buy me a like, tube of Colgate. Tell us, uh, you know, about what's going on regarding shoplifting and, and businesses in Kings County, District Attorney Gonzalez. I think most New Yorkers are frustrated um, that they can't walk into a you know a Walgreens or a CVS and just pick up a you know soap or a toothpaste without having to press a button and waiting five minutes for someone that comes you know uh, do that request. I had the honor of standing with some of my fellow DAs and the governor last week. Uh, she has a proposal to provide more resources for the um, handling of retail theft cases, uh, both organized retail theft, more of a systems-based uh, approach, but also shoplifting cases. Uh, I'll tell you what we did in Brooklyn, and it's really made a difference. Uh, we have an affidavit program where we work with the uh, with the store, and we all give a warning, a trespass warning to the person who's caught shoplifting saying if they return back to the location uh, they're no longer welcome here they're no longer able to shop here they're being excluded from the location from for shoplifting and will dictate how many times they've been caught shoplifting in the past and the next time they come back they'll be charged with a burglary and they'll be bail eligible and uh, over 200 times we've used the affidavits and I will tell you that um, in all of the 
200 people who've been served with this affidavit, they have not returned back to the store because they realize they're facing enhanced penalties. Um, so it, it's frustrating that you have to think in these kind of ways, but the reality of it is for those store owners, um, it's, you know, it's been a great success. Um, and uh, not only that, but we've been really focusing in on these these individual shoplifters. If you've if you're re- readers and the listeners here have uh, looked at it, it's the same people over and over. And so we've been focusing in on that cohort of thieves who are hurting our businesses, and when appropriate, um, you know, trying to uh, prevent them from doing it by bringing cases that will cause them to go upstate. Is, um, you know, when we talk about the, when I speak to some of the store owners, you know, what they've said to me in the past, and maybe that's changing now, but they're like, we'll call the 6-8 precinct, they'll come, and even if they arrest the guy, two days later, the same guy, the same exact guy is there, and they calmly open their backpack and just put the stuff in their backpack and leave. So is what District Attorney Gonzalez saying it now under this new provision, if they sign this affidavit about trespassing and they come back there, and get caught now, they're going to get charged with burglary? They're going to be charged with a felony, and and the governor has in her executive budget a few proposals. One is to allow the aggregation of value um, so that the person who continues to steal from the same store, instead of being treated as one incident, we can aggregate the value, and once it reaches over $1,000, it'll be a felony. Uh, So that will prevent people from committing that. She's also dedicated um, a lot of money to the state police so that they can also work with a lot of our uh, local stores and small businesses to protect them. Um, So they will now have uh, the ability to prosecute these cases alongside with local DAs and state police. So is it the policy of the district attorney's office when these recidivists come in and they have signed the trespassing and now you're getting for burglary? Is it the policy of the DA's office in Kings County to ask for bail in those cases? Yeah, they're bail eligible and these are recidivists that we're going to ask for bail on um, and in a number of these cases we like I said we sent them upstate they've been terrorizing the stores you know these people are not someone who has just shoplift an item of food or one time no, no they, they're basically my, my understanding is they're clearing out they're selling things on Amazon and on the street and all that um, we have to protect our small businesses you don't listen you, you know where I live I mean I'm, I'm low I'm surrounded everything is small business um, we're gonna have to take a break in two minutes I just want to talk about something positive again about my, the Kings County DA's office some study just came out about prosecutors and key and keeping prosecutors attracting them to your office and keeping them in the office talk to me about that for a minute well a st- the study came out and said that it's been a really tough time to uh, for prosecutors' offices uh, across the country, high vacancy rates, uh, low pay, uh, high work volume, and uh, you know laws that have made more difficulties in in doing your jobs. And so many of our colleague DAs across the state simply can't hire people to work there; or they can't retain them. Very fortunate in New York City that the Brooklyn DA's office. I think Brooklyn being a destination in of itself, people from all over the city want to work in Brooklyn and all over the country are applying to our office. So we were singled out. We were recognized as one of the very few DA's offices in the country that um, 
still has you know, you know what I think that reason is? It's the distinguished alumni who come out of that office. You know, the likes of the Mike Sabellas and the Mike Farkas. Yeah, we, we have a very distinguished alumni group. And I also think that the policies of the agency are ones that speak to today's generation, right? Which is we, we are going to uh, hold people accountable. We're going to enforce the laws. We're going to use common sense. Uh, we are going to uh, not shy away from holding people accountable for committing crime, but at the same time, think about ways to reduce the number of people that we're sending to prison. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We are here with District Attorney Eric Gonzalez, live and local here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Um, we're going to come back. I want to talk a little bit about who Eric is as a person and what he's the most proud of in the Kings County District Attorney's Office. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Maybe this will shock you, and maybe it won't, but a survey of people with health insurance shows most say they've had problems with their health coverage just in the last year. Maybe that's you, too. So, yeah, it's frustrating. But imagine an alternative, a solution to this that actually gets a 98% member satisfaction rating. That's MediShare. That's why it's grown so much. That's why you're hearing about it. So why the incredibly high satisfaction rating? You can save hundreds of dollars a month and you don't have to compromise on quality or reliability to do it. For three decades now, members have been sharing medical expenses and saving up to 50% compared to health insurance. Another reason to love it? You don't have to sacrifice your values to get real value. MediShare is a community of hundreds of thousands of Christians who are like-minded and wanting to help people. So when you share... You save. You can feel good about it. Call now. It's 844-94-BIBLE. That's 844-94-BIBLE. 844-94-BIBLE. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friend, Rob Sabah. The Sabah family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years, serving all five boroughs. I've gotten cars there. My family's gotten cars there from my grandfather to my sister to all my friends. Everyone I know goes to Bay Ridge Honda because Rob Sabah, his sister Danielle, and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. And now they have a lot going on all month long. You can score a brand new Honda to celebrate the big game. You pick the deal, the lowest lease or finance option in the tri-state area. Then there's President's Day weekend where they're offering $1 down deals. Drive a brand new Honda home for just $1 down or a $1 oil change. The choice is yours. Brand new Hondas like the all-new Honda Civic, Honda HRV, Honda CRV, Honda Accord, Honda Passport. They have them all. Low finance rates available. No payments until spring of 2024. 90 days of no payments. Best prices around. Top dollar for your trade. They serve all five boroughs. Visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare Rx, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Michael Rosario from St. Anthony's Neurology Group in St. Petersburg, Florida. What is the symptoms associated with CIDP? A common symptom of CIDP is limb weakness, which can present as increased difficulties rising from chair, going up or down stairs, lifting objects, or opening jars. Typically, numbness and tingling in the hands and feet 
also occur. This combination of symptoms can lead to balance difficulties and falls. The weakness and numbness usually affects both sides of the body. The severity of the symptoms may vary from person to person. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCare Rx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCare Rx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a healthcare proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or healthcare proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. All right, welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. It is a very special show for me on several levels. But um, most importantly, besides it being show 501, oh my God, how did this happen? Um, we are going to continue with a very special guest live here at uh, the offices of 546 Fifth Avenue. Someone who I know since, um, I don't want to exaggerate, I'm going to say 1994. So if my math is correct, that would be 30 years. Um, he was handsome then. He's handsome now. Uh, he had a lot of hair then. He has still has a lot of hair now. Um, and of course, those of you who have been listening, I've been talking to the Kings County District Attorney, Eric Gonzalez. Eric, we, you know, we, oh, excuse me, Mr. District Attorney, we spoke, uh, a lot in the first segment about cases that are going on right now. I, I would like folks to know a little bit about who you are and kind of how, how you got here. Just tell us a little bit about your, your background. I know you're a pioneer of the area called Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Um, but seriously, tell us about, you know, high school, college, law school, that kind of stuff. Well, I'm a, most importantly, I'm a, a lifelong New Yorker and Brooklynite. I grew up in Williamsburg and East New York in Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. Uh, the energy in Brooklyn to me is unsurpassed in this city. Uh, Manhattan is great, uh, but all of the new energy, uh, isn't it crazy? Cause what, you know, we were both from Brooklyn and, and, you know, it, right into my office on the, in the conference room, I have one of my law school books. And I went to law school in Queens and, you know, the big, huge textbooks. And you used to have to, like, write your name on it to identify yourself. Well, in 1990, when I was there, 1989, 1990, I identified myself by writing on my book, Brooklyn. Because, like, it wasn't, there wasn't that pride in Brooklyn that, like, that you couldn't get a T-shirt that said Brooklyn or a hat that said Brooklyn. You have really been around for the metamorphosis of Brooklyn. Yeah, it's a renaissance in the county. Uh, people want to be in Brooklyn. The restaurants are moving to Brooklyn, nightclubs. Uh, but so many of the rest of the city is losing population, and Brooklyn is gaining population. And it's a good thing. I think COVID had a lot to do with it because Brooklyn was a place where people had a little bit more room. It's a large county. Uh, but in terms of the 
direction in the future of the city, not only so much of the political power now from Brooklyn, but so much of the economic engine is starting to Before be- we go backwards a little bit in your history, I just want to say when District Attorney Gonzalez is talking about the political power in Brooklyn, for those of you who haven't wrapped your brain around it, the minority leader of Congress is from Brooklyn. The majority leader in the United States Senate is from Brooklyn. The mayor of the city of New York is from Brooklyn. I mean, that's <laughs> that's saying a lot, right? Yeah, the public advocate, the attorney general. The right, 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 right. I forgot about that. That's correct. So so uh, District Attorney uh, Eric Gonzalez, tell us, where'd you go to high school? John Dewey High School in Coney Island, Gravesend, Brooklyn. And then college, and then you, you took a big step up. Uh, I went to Cornell University. Uh, I, I miss Brooklyn terribly. Uh, came back. It's cold up there, Ithaca. It's cold. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Uh, but it's not Brooklyn. It's not Brooklyn. And then where did you go to law school? I went to University of Michigan. Ah, go congratulations. Blue. Go congratulations. Blue. You're very happy about that. Um, they just won the championship. Um, and then did you go right to the DA's office from law school? I did. I did. I, I've been there uh, continuously. Uh, Brooklyn was a lot different in 1990s when we were there as, as <laughs> prosecutors. Um, crime rates that uh, are shocking when you look at and look at them now. Uh, it really puts perspective for those who are really concerned about crime today to see how far we have come. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I saw a statistic recently: the, the 24 years, I think that Joe Hines was the Brooklyn District Attorney. I think from his first day to his last day, uh, overall violent felonies or the big six that you guys count was down 80%, 8-0. Yeah. I mean, that is... Yeah, the index that, crime. That's a number, the index crimes. The index crimes. But, you know, uh, as DA now, uh, people don't remember, and, and often they weren't alive, they were young, or they came from somewhere else. It's hard to say what we did in the past. Uh, you have to continuously push progress forward. So tell us a little bit, you know, when you and I were in the Kings County DA's office together, uh, were you always in the green zone? Was that your, as a, as a I, well, young I was assistant? A sex, I was a sex crimes assistant for okay. many years, and then green zone. Okay. But when I was in the blue zone, there were literally, literally with 40 lawyers in the zone, there were like two computers for all of us. So basically you did everything by hand. You literally wrote things down and handed them to a steno pool, and they typed them up. Fast forward now these 30 years. Tell the folks who are listening how technology has changed the prosecution process through the years. You know, we were very reliant on traditional eyewitness and testimonial evidence. But today, so much of our prosecutions are really enhanced by digital evidence, forensic evidence, all kinds of DNA and, and other types of evidence. But in the office, the real progress, and I think in one of the reasons why Brooklyn DA's office has been a leader, is the investments in technology. So we have a digital evidence lab that uh, rivals uh, the kind of work you can see at a federal, like the FBI or the Secret Service. We have a, a technology lab that's able to get into cell phones and to the cloud with subpoena with subpoenas through courts and wiretapping uh, progress. I mean, really more like a U.S. Attorney's office than a DA. Office, we have a pre-litigation. Where does the funding for that come from? Because I know that's forfeiture. I know that's not cheap. Yeah, mostly from our forfeiture money, but we get funding, and I want to thank the governor. Uh, governor Hochul gave us uh, fifty million dollars between the five DAs for technology to help us. Uh, now, how's comply. that get how's that get divided up? 
Because <laughs> I remember past DAs always complained that even though Brooklyn had the biggest office and had a bigger problem with crime, they didn't get the biggest piece of the puzzle. Mr. Morgenthau used to get that. Yeah, we, we got our share. And, right. and we got our share, and, and uh, that money is going to really help us move into the 21st century in terms of technology to do this work. But I'm really proud. Uh, we have the only standalone virtual currency uh, unit, which is, you know, some people call it a crypto unit. Uh, and it's shocking how much crypto crime we have in New York City, and in particular in Brooklyn, it's being used to traffic uh, drugs and narcotics uh, and, and firearms, but also to human traffic. Well, let's talk about drugs for a second, because, you know, back in the day, it was kind of crack and weed, right, being sold, and now it's... It's more of the, the the pills, right? I mean, that's what's killing these kids, correct? Yeah, it's it's the fentanyl um, right. in all sources in in in, in cocaine. So what do they use heroin. it as a cutting agent for cocaine and for heroin? Is they that- do, they do, and because it's a lot cheaper, it's it's a tenth of the price. But the reality is now that people are looking for it in their drugs. It gives a higher meaning. They want it. They want okay. it. They know how dangerous it is, and if it's not cut right, it will kill them. Um, but it gives them, I guess, a certain high that they're seeking out. So people are actively seeking out this fentanyl, which is killing, you know. Is fentanyl a, a chemical compound? Is it's, it's made a, in a lab? It's made by, uh, made in Mexico, but the ingredients come from China. The precursor uh, ingredients come from China. It's, it's manufactured. It's completely synthetic. And, um, you know, unlike, well, I should ask you this question. We don't really do a lot of drug cases. Actually, I was talking to someone yesterday. I don't think we have one drug case in the whole office, maybe one, and that's actually with the Attorney General's office, not with the Brooklyn DA's office. Um, is there still like buy and bust on the street operations? Are people still getting arrested doing that kind of stuff? The answer is yes. Um, in fact, Brooklyn just uh, did a tremendous uh, long-term buy operation that started from a, street, a simple street corner operation, and we bought into you know uh, a one felony weight. So those operations are happening, but the reality of that is that that's not the priorities of the police department. Uh, we're looking to intercept uh, big ship shipments of drugs and narcotics coming in, but by the buy and bust um, are not really part of the the narrative and and we should they were the narrative I mean it's just because it's changed that probably not probably doesn't it definitely have to do with technology you know 30 years ago they weren't cell phones they were barely beepers so guys would literally stand on a corner and sell drugs now it's a little more underground yeah, it's, it's delivery service and, right. and people unfortunately are actually on Instagram uh, just p- placing orders and it's getting delivered to them. is it that blatant it's, it's that easy and unfortunately um, it's really hard to intercept because you're not going to catch someone with a lot of drugs. They're just going to have what they're delivering. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it's still, I shake my head of how things have changed regarding technology. You know, you mentioned earlier about when you have cases and the evidence has to do with a lot of technology. What about those cases that there is no technology, that your assistant has to stand up and they don't have a video, they don't have DNA. Are jury, have jurors become so accustomed to watching that on the crime scene shows that, that it's, it's an extra hurdle for your ADAs to prove their case? Well, as a trial lawyer, you know that the DA has to do more than just simply 
prove the evidence. Uh, you have to explain the absence of evidence. And so in cases where there is not forensic evidence or there's not, you know, corroborating evidence, you have to explain why not. Uh, jurors are reluctant to simply rely on the word of a witness without corroboration. And so even on a simple gun case where an officer may recover a gun from a person, we may have to explain why there is not DNA evidence on the gun or fingerprint evidence or why there's not a body cam video uh, of the recovery. And let's just talk a little bit, and I know you have to tread lightly, but uh, you know about the judiciary as I said in the first segment, uh, and for those of you who don't know, I'm talking to Eric Gonzalez, and it's not because he's someone I know for a long time, or it's not because he's sitting here, but of all DAs, like he's a real district attorney, and when I say that, he was an assistant district attorney your whole legal career, correct? And More then, than 19 years as a line assistant. As a line assistant. So I'll be honest with you, as you folks know, as a criminal defense attorney, having done this my whole career... Even when I get to the top level, I often have a lot more knowledge about criminal law than the my adversaries. And, and again, I know Eric is always politically correct, but if you look at the four DAs who are currently sitting there, none of them together, all four of them together, do not have the experience that Eric Gonzalez does. So when I meet with them, I'm like, I know the penal law inside and out. They don't. But when you meet with Eric Gonzalez... He definitely knows the penal law better than, than anyone he speaks with because he was a line assistant and then a supervisor. Um, let's just talk about the judiciary. The judiciary is under a, a tremendous microscope these days and everything they do. You know, how does, how do you, and, and it's just, be, in my opinion, it has become much more political. Um, and some of that has to do with technology and, you know, reporters sitting there in real time tweeting out what's going on. How does the district attorney's office deal with the judiciary in general and the relationship? Because to sometimes your adversaries and you're all trying to work together in the system. Tell us as the sitting DA how you deal with the judges. Well, I think first and foremost that uh, my judges are um, while we your, make, ju your judge. Yeah, my judges in, in, in the county, right, uh, that we share values. And I think the judges share the value of fundamental fairness in the system. I think they care about public safety. They have different responsibilities to be the referee in that system. Um, and we may have disagreements, but I know that the hard work is done in co collaboration with the uh, judiciary. And so all these problem-solving courts that we have that deal with mental health issues and drug and substance abuse issues, none of this could be possible. No, rattle, rattle them off. Yeah, with the Veterans Court. I mean, we're, we're doing so many the mental things. health. You have a drug court, right? Yeah. A drug treatment court. You have uh, the Veterans Court. You have um, a domestic violence court, obviously. Right. Yeah, and the, the uh, Red Hook uh, Community There's court. There's a gun part. As well, part. all of this is done in, in collaboration uh, with our judiciary, and quite frankly, OCA has been a good partner with us trying to get through this backlog with COVID. Uh, you know, the courts were largely closed for a long time, except for fundamental. How many cases did you tried during COVID? Well, during COVID, our office only tried six, but traditionally. Um, we try in, in the last two years in a row, Brooklyn DA has tried the most cases in the state year after year. Um, and I expect that to be true already this year. We already tried eight cases um, in the in the past two weeks. So we're really moving uh, this backlog through the system while continuing to do it at you know high rates of excellence. All right. We have two minutes left before I have to take a break. 
uh, and I know this is not your style, but I would like you to brag a little bit about your office. And, you know, you've been at the helm now for, is it three years? Six years. No way. Six years. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Holy cow. That's the COVID piece. You know, it kind of takes that piece out of your 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 life. Um you know, tell us what your what what stands out about the Kings County District Attorney's Office, and and what you you know when you walk in that door, three twenty J Street, or you're three twenty or three fifty, right? Three fifty, right? Three twenty is the courthouse, folks. Well, I'll say this: uh, Brooklyn continues to get safer each and every year. Um, we had this tremendous influx of violent crime as it came in in 2020 and it was really remarkable something i had never witnessed in my 25 years in uh, as a prosecutor but uh you know we are making substantial progress in driving down the scourge of gun violence and by real numbers from 2020 comparing it to 2023 there were 409 fewer people shot on the streets of brooklyn that's a tremendous number that's 409 families that did not have to suffer through that you know 50 something fewer homicides um so we're making a lot of progress but the important piece right all of brooklyn and all of the city benefits when you fight gun violence but the important piece is when we start to make real progress on gun violence and real violence and we have a peace dividend, we can now start to utilize our police officers and our offices and government to focus back again on quality of life issues. When the what, violence, What's your definition of quality of life issues? Yeah, all of the issues that people have in their community, whether it you know it's people using drugs openly in the community, there's people not obeying the law, you know, there's a sense of, of disorder. Is and, car theft a big deal in Brooklyn? Well, right car now? theft is not a quality of life issue. Car theft okay. is a tremendous issue, um, and it's it's rising throughout the city. Uh, but Brooklyn is down. It's the only county that is consecutively down in index crimes, and those are the big seven. Um, so we're making a lot of progress. But this quality of life issue is so important. Many New Yorkers feel safe in their neighborhoods, but they're afraid to get on the train. They're afraid to go to other neighborhoods. They're afraid you of random you told violence. Me and, you know what you told me, and I quote it all the time, when things were getting bad, if we lose the subways, we lose the city. And I still believe that. I know you do. And believe I, you know, I'm on the trains all the time. Yeah, I still believe that the subway is the, what makes New York City special and great. Um, and if people aren't, you know, willing to get on the subways, they're less likely um, to make, you know, the return of New York City to where it needs to get back to. They, I know that the mayor is saying we're back, um, but we have more to go until we have that sense that you know everything is back and. We need to make sure that we continue to reduce crime. And, and uh, Chief Kemper, who's running the police. Transit. He's on every Thursday. He's, he's doing, here every Thursday doing, on the radio He's show. doing a tremendous job. He is. All right. That's it. I know you got to go fight crime. Uh, this has uh, been an absolute uh, delight for me. This is the Kings County District Attorney, Eric Gonzalez. He's in Manhattan, but he's going back to Brooklyn, folks. Don't worry. Right now. And right now. And we'll. Uh, I'm going to come back. We're going to take a quick break at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. If you're just jetting around looking for something to do tonight at 7, look no further. Come travel with us. Travel Tuesday. Linda Perillo, Kevin McCullough, talking all the big travel news of the day. And we hope you'll join us. It'll be a fun trip.
Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. After two straight on the road, the Orange open a new dome stand Wednesday the 7th when Louisville visits. It's an important stretch of the schedule. We'll have it for you on the 7th at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. New York's home for Syracuse University basketball. Let's talk about Diamond Back Ready Mix because when you're looking for concrete materials for your next construction project, call on the experts of Diamond Back Ready Mix, New York and New Jersey's number one premier family-owned concrete supplier proudly located on Staten Island providing concrete services for commercial, municipal, and residential general contractors throughout New York City and New Jersey. The Diamondback Ready Mix quality is our strength service will guide each customer from the initial order through the final pouring fully insured in New York and New Jersey and will produce your concrete with the perfect blend of durability, strength, and appearance for your project. Take it from me. Call today and ask for Harry for personalized service second to none. Call Diamondback Ready Mix at 718-650-5649. You're going to get a free estimate when you call Harry at 718-650-5649 or go online to Diamondback Ready Mix. That's Ready Mix, R-E-D-I-M-I-X.com. Diamondback Ready Mix is a DeFazio Industries company. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Okay, Plaza College. You know how I feel about Plaza College. The building is beautiful. The facilities are outstanding inside. Their dental pro, their dental hygiene program, their uh, nursing program. The instructors are just wonderful. They're just loving, caring people who are very well educated and they're excellent educators of course you know i always lean into the court reporting program you know last night uh, when we had mayor adams on he made a little little joke about being a court reporter himself um court reporting allows you to speed through uh school through court reporting school enter the legal field make great money without losing your hair like i did going to law school and taking the bar exam. Court reporting is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I speak to district attorney's offices all the time, like really recently, like moments ago. 
and they are in dire need of court reporters. Courts, schools, television stations, they all seek these professionals. There's a national shortage, so the National Court Reporters Association partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. That program is called A to Z, and it's being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Now sleep till... We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. All right. Well, I guess it was a Brooklyn day. I mean, usually we play this for Chief Kemper, who hopefully will be on with us on Thursday. He is the chief of uh, the Transit Bureau of the NYPD. But uh, continuing with, you know, what's going on in New York and making the case for the city that I love. After who do you find to follow up the Brooklyn District Attorney Eric Gonzalez, who was just our guest? Well, if it's Tuesday, you know who that is—the one, the only, the former NYPD inspector, the president of the Times Square Alliance, Tom Harris. Hello, sir. Hello, Arthur. Thanks for having me. Well, the most important thing I got to get out of the way, and I, I know I mentioned this to you at the State of the City address, but. My mom is hounding me to uh, break bread with you. So you think maybe in May, maybe sometime in late February, early March, we can make that happen? I would love that. Let's set that up. Okay. And, and of course, of course, Joni Pelzer's right, got it. Myself. Joni's Pelzer. Well, we got to well, go in Times Square somewhere. Maybe with 46. All, with all of those great restaurants in Times Square, we will definitely pick one. Tom Harris, um, there's been some incidents. Well, first we'll get the bad news out of the way and then we'll get the good, then we'll go yeah. to the good news in Times Square. Talk to me about any of the bad news that's going on in Times Square. So, Listen, I always look for the positive, and I think that that brutal assault on those two police officers shone a light on the the hard work of the men and women of the New York City Police Department. You know, what we found out with this incident is 2,200 police officers were assaulted last year, and none of them got the attention that this did, and that is a shame. So I am very happy that one of the suspects was indicted. I know that the police department will catch the others i'm glad that the da is is treating this seriously you know from working in ecab and i know from having been assaulted that in general they are not always written up as felonies and sometimes they're not even written up as misdemeanors so i'm glad that this is shining a light on that and it is being taken it is being taken seriously well i know tom harris that you know you have to deal with all of these people. You know, I do too, but I, you know, I am not happy that Alvin Bragg's team did not ask for bail. And you could take the fifth, Tom Harris, but, you know, you got four guys in front of you who you know just assaulted a cop. I don't care if they, they took their middle finger and flicked a police officer in his or her ear. Like, you just don't touch a cop, right? Because. Police officers have weapons on them, and you don't know if they're going to grab their weapons. And I know this is all stuff that you know you lived uh, right. as an inspector in the NYPD. So you finally have a bailable offense, and you have guys, look, everyone complains about bail. Oh, there's there's no dangerousness component, but there's always been a risk of flight. And if these guys were not a risk of flight, I don't know who were and, and who was and, and how how they they're gone 
Yes, an indictment, I believe, came down this afternoon. Uh, one of the people who the next day was apprehended apprehended after the outrage in the city uh, is still in custody. And, yes, he's indicted. But, you know, look, Tom Harris, you were on the job for a long time. If we lose respect for the police, we lose respect for the law. If we lose respect for the law, we lose respect for society, and then we're in just chaos. So, you know, I, I, I spoke to Eric Adams just now. Off the record, like I know he can't say this, I, but I know what his office would have done. They would have asked for bail. I mean, I know that for a fact. They would have asked for bail on those guys. And Alvin Bragg didn't. And now he's feeling the heat, hence the indictment. So, uh, you know, and, and I think he really tried to make amends because he made a, uh, a public statement alongside or a press release alongside the police commissioner. Um, so I will tell you, Tom, to show you how important your job is. You mentioned how other police officers have been assaulted and they didn't get this notoriety. Besides it being on video, it's on video in Times Square, the center of the world. The world! Right. So, yep. I mean, if and, we and, don't react if we don't react swiftly and, and sternly to this, I don't know what's going to drive us to start taking the laws a little bit more seriously. I agree with everything that you said, and I think that Anytime a police officer is assaulted and injured, they should request bail and judges should give bail. So we are in 100% agreement. I'm not taking the fifth on that. I just want to point out that probably all five district attorneys are guilty of not treating assaults on police officers the way they should. An assault on a police officer is an assault on society, and they all should be treated as serious as they are treating this one that took place on Times Square and was in Times Square and was captured on video. Enough is enough. So I have Joan here. Joan, you have a little... Yeah, so Tom, as I'm reading, the, as we're talking about this and I'm reading the news, apparently Immigration Customs Enforcement with the Department of Homeland Security arrested the migrants that fled at a Greyhound bus station in Phoenix, Arizona. When did this happen? When is uh, apparently that it happened Monday, but it's kind of just being reported. Um, this is interesting news, and I, I I cried when I saw that, and I am disgusted. My family are police officers. You're a police officer. I have the utmost respect, and this just makes my stomach turn. They should never – how dare they? And, you know, I know they're asking for the full release of the video from the NYPD. Isn't it enough what you saw? Yeah. I, Isn't it enough? All right. So before I lose, before I lose, Tom Harris, before I get too crazy, you're not going to lose me. I'll stay on till the end. No, no, I, 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 important author. No, I know it is. I know it is. But I also know that you know Chief Chell was on, Chief Kemper was on, the mayor was on yesterday. Um, Tell us some good stuff that's going on in Times Square because I know there's a lot of good stuff. February is love in Times Square. Uh, We are going to be celebrating Valentine's Day. We have the unveiling of an ice sculpture. On Valentine's Day, we're going to have some surprise weddings, some surprise proposals. And at 6 o'clock at the Red Steps, anyone could come and have their vows renewed uh, in a very public vow renewal on the Red Steps in Times Square. My wife and I are going to renew our vows this year, and I welcome everyone to uh, to sign up at our website, tsq.org, backslash vows, or, Flash vows, and you can be a part of that too. And then grab some uh, dinner, go to a show. There's enough time to do it all. Also, how many years uh, you married, Tom? Uh, how, Tom, how many years you married? Thirty-six years. 
Wow, that's a number. That's a number. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You said also. Go ahead. Also, we looked at the visa data for spending in New York City uh, in the fourth quarter. The latest data that we have, one in ten dollars spent in New York City was spent in Times Square. So that's a number. That's why when people say, you know, Times Square is important to the city, or I say it, it really is because we're 0.1% of the city's landmass and 10% of the dollars spent on v- in Visa in the Q4 was spent in Times Square. So that shows that we are back. We were up in all categories from 2019, and the best is yet to come in Times Square. All right, there you have it from Tom Harris. Oh, Tom, I took you up on your suggestion, and tomorrow night I'm squeezing it in before uh, it closes, and I'm going to see with my son Luca how to dance in Ohio. Uh, it was. It's a great, great, great. I, I, I honestly, Tom, I'm telling you the truth. Up. I yep. I only went because of what you said last week on the radio. Right after you okay. said that, I went online. I found I knew I had Luca tomorrow night, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go check it out. So, thank you very much. I'll thank you ahead of time. Okay, you won't be disappointed. All right, there you have it, Tom. Tom Harris. He's the president of the Times Square Alliance. He's a NYPD inspector, an overall good guy, and someone who is making New York better and better every day. Thank you, Tom Harris. Let's take a quick break. I'm going to talk to you about a verdict that came down just a little while ago in Michigan. The mother of the Michigan school shooter, Ethan Crumbly, convicted of manslaughter in her son's rampage, killing four people and injuring seven. I'll give you my thoughts about that before I jump on Fox 5 and talk about it on television. I'll be right back. Brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's 5000 50000 or 500000 we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-6745. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-575-6745. That's 800-575-6745. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. Let's talk about our friends at Bay Ridge Honda. Rob Sabah and the Sabah family have been part of the Bay Ridge community for decades, generations even. And their Bay Ridge Honda dealership has been there for over 60 years, six, six decades. So many people I know have gotten their cars there. So many people in my family have gotten their cars there. My friends have gotten their cars there. You know why? You know why people keep coming back? You know why people come from Staten Island to go to Bay Ridge Honda? They come to Queens to go to Bay Ridge Honda? Come from the Bronx to go to Bay Ridge Honda? Of course, come to Manhattan to go to Bay Ridge Honda? Because that Sabah family that's been running it for 60 years, they make you feel like you're part of their family. And in the month of February, they have so many deals going on. Right now, the rest of this week, in recognition of Super Bowl, 
You pick the deal, either the lowest lease or finance options in the tri-state area. You pick which one you want. You want a lease, you want to finance, they're going to give you the best deal there. Then the week after that, it's President's Day weekend. They're offering $1 deal downs, $1 down deals. So you can either drive a brand new Honda home for just a dollar down or a one dollar oil change. The choice is yours. They have brand new Hondas like the all new Honda Civic, Honda HRV, CRV, Accord, Passport. They have them all. Don't forget the Odyssey. Low finance rates available. No payments until spring 2024. The best prices around are at Bay Ridge Honda. So visit them on 4th Avenue and 88th Street or go online to BayRidgeHonda.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. Jay Giles Band. This is like freshman year or or '82, uh, the freshman or sophomore year of Poly Prep. It's a huge song. Six weeks at number one. Six weeks. 1982. President Reagan. Joni's dancing, Sambolino. Oh, boy, I'm sorry. Yeah. Alert the media. So speaking of the media, while I was uh, interviewing the district attorney of Brooklyn today, Kings County DA Eric Gonzalez, who's a really good guy, uh, besides being a very good district attorney, um, I got a, a text from uh, Sharon Crowley at Fox 5 asking if I could do a quick hit with her, which I will be doing in seven minutes, and it'll air at the 10 o'clock news tonight on Channel 5, Mom. So don't say I didn't tell you, although you're probably talking on the phone with someone, so you're not even listening. But um, uh, what I'm going to be talking about is the fact that Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of Ethan Crumbly, uh, who killed four students and injured seven others, uh, he pled guilty, and he's in jail for the rest of his life, which, of course, four people dying is a tragedy, but basically five people died because this kid is spending the rest of his life in jail. I wonder how you wrap your brain around that at 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, and for the first time ever in all of these mass shootings, a parent of the shooter is being charged and was actually being convicted. The 45-year-old marketing director, um, she was convicted just a couple of hours ago over her role in the November 30th, 2021 um, mass shooting. And basically uh, what the charges were is that she knew or should have known that her son was so mentally ill and there was some likelihood that this could happen. Um, and she, not oh, her husband, bought him a gun, uh, including the nine millimeter handgun that was used at the shooting. Uh, I believe it was used uh, uh, with her at a shooting range, which is one thing. But the the school had some warning signs. Look, I covered this case extensively on Megyn Kelly's show. Um, you know, I did not feel strongly that mom should go to jail. Um, you know, they say he literally drew a picture of what he was going to do. But then when you look at the picture, it, it is a picture of a gun. Um, and what he, what he writes underneath is the thoughts won't stop. Help me blood everywhere now. And there's, there's a picture of a kid or a human being that he drew. This is all drawn by his hands that bleeding. And then there's a smiley face laughing and, then it says also, the world is dead. My life is useless. Now, 
I know they're blaming the mom, and I know the mom is going. And this is all on the day the day of the shooting. Now, this isn't like. Wait, let me make sure I'm right about that. Hold on. Um, I don't want to give you bad evidence. The shooting took place on November 30th, and this paper by him is on November 30th. So it's it's the day of. So it's not like he did all of this uh, two weeks before and his mother saw it. You know, the school saw this. The school didn't throw him out. The school, you know, at, look, the mom testified, and she said, I had a good relationship with my she said, I had a good relationship with my son. You know, I knew he was having some issues, but not to the level where he had to go see a psychiatrist. That was her testimony. And uh, her husband now is going to go on trial after her. And, um, you know, they made a big deal about the fact that she had a, an extramarital affair and that she was paying it more attention to her extramarital affair than she was to what was going on under her roof. And she could have... Uh, number one, she should not have allowed her son to have a gun, and um, she could have prevented this from happening. It's a close call, but I can, it obviously wasn't a close call for these jurors, because after hearing from 22 witnesses, it took the 12 jurors just 10 hours to reach a verdict. All right, if you want to hear more, turn on uh, Channel 5 at 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Thanks for tuning in. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.